thankful to have Pastor Kenny and Trisha with us tonight. Um, uh, I invited them to share tonight on the Trinity. Uh, this is part of who God is, and it's a really difficult subject, kind of to wrap your mind around. And uh, so this week, um, on the weekly email, I sent you a video from the Bible Project, which is, which is pretty good. It's about an, eight, I think, eight-minute video on trying to, like, understand this concept of the Trinity. It's kind of confusing. Um, and so I know it's a tough concept, but the idea is, is that this is a part of who God is, and he's relational in this way. And so um, Pastor Kenny is gifted um, in many ways. He doesn't think so, but in many ways. And uh, he is a gift to our church. And uh, so I want to invite Kenny and Trisha to share. I'm not sure how you guys are doing this, but um, let's welcome Kenny and Trisha as they share. Maybe it's just... I forgot to bring them. Glasses. I don't need glasses. I'm young. But thank you, Nels. Thank you for the amazing dinner. Wow, can we give a hand? That was just wonderful. I like to, I would have clapped longer. I, 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 no. uh, and thank you so much for your prayers the last uh, several weeks. been pretty difficult for us. Um, it was really, you know, beautiful at uh, my dad's memorial. There was some really neat things that happened there. And a uh, funny thing was the guy that we got a pastor to MC, and he took the mic to, you know, when people could talk and share, he said, I'm looking around this room. There's way too many pastors in this room. I'm holding on to the mic. No one, I'm not going to hand the mic to anybody, you know. So it was, it was fun, but I uh, heard some really fun stories about my dad that we didn't even know. Some neat things, but uh, thank you so much for your prayers during that time. And uh, now tomorrow we go to see Trisha's mama, and she just fell today and broke her hip. And so we're like in one season after another, so it just keeps going. But we, uh, one thing, I tell you one thing I'm so thankful for is uh, knowing Jesus through this whole thing. I couldn't imagine. Uh, you know, my dad's Charles Snyder, so he was in hospice over here. Across the hall was another guy named Schneider. So they had these little things on there. Please make sure you check the meds for each one, you know, before you give. But this guy had um, really no one. I think one person came to visit him in the nine days that we were there. And our room was flooded with people coming and bringing love and bringing us gifts, bringing food, just the body of Christ and the love of Jesus. And uh, we were able actually to love on him and so many people in that hospice during those nine days. So it was wonderful. Uh, well, we have three, three special guests here tonight. Now I'm going to tell a little bit about each one of them. And then I think at the end, we should really do a standing ovation because they probably mean as much to you as to me. And I'm already standing. So when I get done, let's stand and just applaud who they are. But the first one is God the Father. Let me tell you a little about him. He's the first person of the Trinity. He existed from infinity. He once said, let there be light. But the thing is, he never said stop. So light is still creating and moving out. There are two trillion galaxies so far that he's created and counting with upwards of 300 million stars in each galaxy. So we can't, you know, we can't even fathom. 2 trillion, but 300 million inside 2 trillion is 6 to the 23rd power of stars. This is the God that we know as God the Father. He created the earth, the third planet from the sun, and the only planet that's known to harbor life. He created Adam and Eve and you and me, thus intricately designed with our own trinity, body, soul, and spirit. 
He's omniscient. What that means is there's nothing he doesn't know. If there was ever anything God didn't know, then he wouldn't be God because he would have one thing he doesn't know. He's omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful with no limitation. He's omnipresent. He can and is still in all places at once. As Romans says so beautifully, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. This is God the Father. Let's stand and give a standing ovation to our first special guest here tonight, God the Father. Woo! Amen. Now let me introduce you to the second one, God the Son, better known as the Word or Jesus of Nazareth, the second person of the Trinity. He was with God from the beginning, from infinity. He was there at the creation of the heavens and the earth, dancing around and flinging stars and planets into space, as it says in Proverbs 8, 30 and 31. Then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. He was better known as the word in ancient, ancient times, but became human and dwelled among us. He lived on earth for 33 years, enduring the hardships of being human, born as an illegitimate son, becoming homeless, a refugee in Egypt, living in a common man's house, working at odds and ends jobs as a carpenter, never even finishing secondary school, burying his own dad at some point, even though he was God. Think about that. Helping his widowed mother and living in a ghetto-like village called Nazareth. His public ministry started at age 30. He did only what God the Father told him to do. He was perfect in every way. He healed the sick. He discipled 10 knuckle-necks. Now he's discipling us, huh? He walked on water and through walls. He raised the dead. He loved children. He hated religion. He hung out in low-life places with people who had a bad reputation. He never sinned once, yet became sin, so that we who were sinning all the time could become righteous like him. He fulfilled every prophecy about him. There's 300 prophecies, over 300 about Jesus. If he only fulfilled eight of them, the odds of that is one in one in 300 quadrillion, just to fulfill eight. Let's give a big hand. Well, wait, I got to read one more thing. This is about what John said about him. The one who existed from the beginning is the one we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is Jesus Christ, the word of life. This one who is life from God was shown to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and announce to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was shown to us. We are telling you about what he, we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Now let's give a big standing ovation to Jesus Christ, God the Son. He is worthy tonight, amen? The third one, the third guest here tonight is God, the Holy Spirit. He carries the maternal instincts of God. He's our comforter. He's sent from the Father to whisper into our hearts that we are God's children. How many of you have heard that whisper? You've felt that in your hearts before. I am God's child. And you just sense that the Holy Spirit is with you. 
He's our comforter. He's our counselor. His fruit is evidence in our life that we are with him. Love, joy, peace. Do you know him? Patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. The Holy Spirit was there from infinity and actively involved at creation. The Holy Spirit has intellect, emotion, and will. Let me stop here and say that a lot of times in Christianity, we understand the Father quite a bit. Maybe. I mean, really, we don't. There's so much mystery. But we kind of connect best with Jesus because he walked on earth. But the Holy Spirit, we kind of tend to, like, just pick and choose what we like of the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is, like, mysterious in many ways. So we kind of, um, you know, almost cannibalize in a way. We pick the things that we like and we leave the things behind that we don't quite understand. But I want to just tell you tonight that the third person of the Trinity is to be worshipped. Just as God is, just as Jesus is, we worship the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has intellect and emotion and will. The primary role of the Holy Spirit is that he tells people's hearts about the truth of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit also acts as a Christian's teacher. He reveals God's will and God's truth. The Holy Spirit performs a function even for non-Christians. He convicts people's hearts of God's truth. Romans 8, Romans 5 says, God has poured out his love, his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given to us. All right, let's do this for the third person of the Trinity. Let's give a standing ovation to God, the Holy Spirit tonight. Woo! There's one thing I love. Uh, there's a thing called the Westminster Catechism, and it was written in 1647, and it says this. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him together. Let's say that together. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The last three parts of that sometimes can be like a bit like, what? that's crazy. This is like this amazing God. We're supposed to enjoy him forever. Yes, this is the delight of God is that we would enjoy him forever. So the, the Trinity Basically, who we just applauded for. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Tonight, obviously, in a few minutes, I'm not going to be able to, you know, just explain the Trinity to you. People have been trying to do it for thousands of years that are way smarter than me. But what we want to do tonight is just celebrate the Trinity, right? We want to celebrate that there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they're with us. Uh, a lot of people have said, well, it's kind of like an egg. You know, you got the shell, you got the yolk, you got the white. People have talked about God. The Trinity is like the sun. You got the light, you got the heat, you got the energy. But it's really, I mean, you can use those illustrations, but there's no way to really explain God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. The thing that we have to do is just celebrate that we with our minds cannot understand, and yet we can know because of the word that it is real and that it is true, the Trinity. Uh, I think that's a better way to do it, to enjoy the Lord forever and to celebrate him. Someone once said, Clifton Walters said, in The Cloud of Unknowing, a book, he said, God cannot be comprehended by our intellect or any man's intellect or any angels for that matter. For both they and we were just created beings. But only to our intellect is he incomprehensible, but not to our love. I like this illustration of the more that we try to understand God in our intellect, the bigger and further out he's going to get, right? You see this, I'm going to try to totally understand and know who God is completely. He just gets huge, bigger and bigger, and feels like he almost moves away from you. 
when you're trying to reach him just through your intellect. And yet when you say, you know what, I give up on that because there's no way I'm going to fully understand that. I'm not saying that we don't use our minds in our, you know, how we comprehend the Lord. But it's better to come to Jesus with your heart, to come to God with our heart. And when God sees us coming that way, then he says, come to Papa. You know, it's like, then he comes right in and you can fellowship with him and him with you. When we try to understand him with our mind, gets so big. When we give him our heart and just celebrate him, he comes in close. It seems that way, at least in my life it is. Uh, yeah, there's something, I can't even read my old writing. There's a verse that says uh, in Hebrews 6, 11, 6, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he is. How do we believe in God then? How do we believe in the Trinity? Through faith, we believe God is. We believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Um, what good is a God we believe in only to be part of who his word says he is? There's a, there's a cool thing that Trish and I like to do, and we're going to have you help us tonight. We, we don't have a lot of time, so we're going to skip a lot of stuff and get right to this. But one thing that I love about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is they're prefer out-preferring each other. You think about God came and God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created the earth. But then it says, when the fullness of time came, God sent his Son. So God said, now I want you to come. I prefer you. And then what did Jesus say before he left the earth? He said, I got to go away, which is kind of an interesting verse, isn't it? He says, I must go away. I used to, we talk about like, why didn't Jesus just stay here? It would have been so cool. We could have this huge commune out somewhere in the desert and just millions of people just hanging out with the hippie Jesus and just, you know, just living there forever with him. But Jesus in the mystery said, no, I must go away because I want the Holy Spirit to come. Wait till you experience the Holy Spirit. This is going to be great. So God says, Jesus is going to come. Jesus, when his time is done, said, Holy Spirit's going to come. Holy Spirit's here with us. And what is he doing? He's always pointing us back to Jesus. Jesus says, I won't do anything except what the Father tells me to do. So he's pointing us to God the Father. So I want you to stand and get in groups of three. And you're going to kind of face each other in a, you know, like a triangle. And this is just going to be funny, but it's not a profound exercise. If you can get with three people, now, you're going to be like overly mannerly to the other person beside you. So you're going to look at the person beside you and say, no, oh, no, but I prefer you. And then they're going to look at the person, oh, no, but I prefer you. Now just do that for a minute and have fun with it. Just, it's like you're out-preferring one another. And this, this is what the Trinity is always doing. This is what they're always doing. You can be seated. They're always, all through history and then all the time, they're preferring one another. It's a beautiful unity that they have together. But no, I prefer you. I remember watching a Portlandia. Everybody watch that show? Anybody? Come on. Portlandia? Some of you have watched that show. Anyway, there's a guy that's at a stoplight at the beginning of the show one time. And there's somebody that drives up at the same time. And they sit there, and he's like, no, you go first, you go first, you go. And then it shows, like, 
two hours later. He's out there with a chair. He's got <laughs> the other person's out there, and they're like sitting on their hood, and they're like, no, 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 you know. So it was ridiculous, but it, it brought the point home. And they were, you know, Portlandia is just always making fun of Portland, but it takes everything to the extreme of what people would do. I don't see people doing that in Portland. I see people running into each other. <laughs> but anyway, there's that joy of the preferential thing of them preferring each other. Uh, Francis Schaeffer said, the Trinity existed from infinity. It's where the human desire for intimacy and communication comes from. We were made to communicate. We were made to prefer one another. We were made to love each other that way. Um, in John 1, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. There's so many verses. There's, there's a lot of arguments out there. There's churches that are more focused on Jesus. There's beliefs that, you know, that don't believe in the Trinity. But when you read through the Bible, I'm going to skip a bunch because I know we, we can't be going too long. But we have s several verses that so talk about the whole Trinity and about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that show us that it is real, that there is three in one. It's hard for us to understand. Um, I had a diagram in here, but I don't have time to get to it. But uh, Jesus' baptism, Matthew 3 says, there was the voice of the Father. You remember that? Saying, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. And then the sp Spirit descended like a dove. That's one that shows at that, that there's unity. No, I prefer you. No, I prefer, you know, I prefer you. But all three have diversity, too. They all are unique. They're unique and yet the same. It's a mystery. The second one is in salvation. 1 Peter 1, 2 says we're chosen by the Father, sanctified by the Spirit, sprinkled with the blood of Jesus, the Son, in salvation. Talking about sanctification, 2 Corinthians 13 says the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the, there's only one left, let me hear it, Spirit. That's in sanctification. In Christian baptism, Matthew 28, baptized in one name, yet peop three people. We are baptized. How many of you have been baptized in water? You're baptized in the name of the, and the, and the, only, only dipped once, not three times, but. <laughs> Unless it's a really hot day and it might feel good. Um, and then in prayer, Ephesians 3 says, you're strengthened by his spirit. You know the love of Christ. And you're filled with the fullness of God. The other last one is Christian growth. We're chosen by God. We're loved by the Lord. And we're sanctified through the Holy Spirit. It's pretty amazing. It's hard to really understand. But when we look all through the Bible, we see examples of the Trinity working together in that thing and outperferring one another. Uh, man, this is like when, when you told me that <laughs> I'm like, Psh i got to cut out a lot of things. I think we'll just cut to the chase here. Uh, a lot of what the Trinity shows us in life is the thing of unity. When you read in John, well, actually, you know, we always say the Lord's Prayer is our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's really a prayer for us. That's because it says forgive us our debts, right? Well, it wouldn't be the Lord's Prayer because the Lord doesn't have debts. So he was praying, he was showing a template of a prayer for us. But really the Lord's prayer is in John 17, and it's beautiful. 
and it talks about unity. And uh, it's the prayer that Jesus prayed as they were heading to the garden, and he was about to be betrayed. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's verses in here that talk about, um, and you guys, if you go home this week, I would encourage you to read John 17, just to pick up the tenderness and love that Jesus has for us and that he had for the disciples. His prayer is so tender that it just moves me to tears. It's such a beautiful prayer. But it says in there, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. I'm praying not only for those disciples, but for all who ever believe in me. And in my Bible, I write there, me. Jesus prayed for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus prayed for you. Here's his prayer for you and for me tonight. That all who will believe in me through this message, I pray that they, put your name in there, that Kenny will be one. That Kenny and Trisha will be one. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me. And here's that out preferring each other thing. That you are in me and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And uh, Trisha and I love that part too because we not only accept Jesus into our heart, but he asks us into his. Isn't that beautiful? It's written right there. And that they may be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in us. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and you love them as much as you love me. And Pastor Nails, I appreciate what you did tonight because I asked that question. They said they'll know we're Christians by our love. One of the greatest ways, what is our reflection to the world is how we love each other. And, uh, yeah, and then the beauty of the example of what God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit did in outperferring one another in uh, saying, you know, for G Jesus to say, oh, you can't, oh, you can't wait till the Holy Spirit comes. Oh, my word. Wait for the Holy Spirit. There's just such a love. There's this whole thing with us in the kingdom of God of outperferring one another, of me championing you and what God's given you to do in the kingdom, of there not being jealousy. You know, you see all through the Bible, so many times it says, don't be jealous of each other. Don't be envious. Love each other. Build each other up. I wrote this thing when we were out in YWAM, and it was about a thing about I celebrate you. When you're in the front, when you're the one that's uh, doing, you know, your gifts are coming forward, I'm going to stand in the back, and I'm not going to be critical. I'm going to be celebrating you. I'm going to be excited about what, the, what God is doing in your life. And so one of the ways that the world sees is when we become like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we love each other, and we outprefer each other. And we're the ones out there that, you know, people see and go, there's something awkward about them, but I really like it. It's kind of, they're kind of weird, but it's in a really good way. Because the way they're treating each other, the way they prefer each other. And so tonight, I think, um, so that we can get the kids in here for their food pretty quick. We're not going to go too long. But I want you to maybe get in the same group or get with a few people. And we're going to pray for each other. We're going to pray that this example that the Trinity has set for us, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As you know, there's many ways I could have went tonight, and we could go for three or four hours just studying all the details. I skipped almost all the notes because I need to get on the road. <laughs> no, because it's just too much. 
But the one lesson, one thing that we can learn is that there's this thing that they show us of unity. And the prayer of Jesus before he went to the cross was that we would be one as they are one. And we see that out preferring one another. So let's get back in those groups. And what I want you to do is just uh, spend a few moments praying for each other. And just, just pray tonight for unity. Let's pray and then, a- and then also ask each other uh, what you have need of if you have a prayer need tonight. And let's end this time with that. I want to close. Yeah, we're going to pray together for unity, John 17. And then I'm going to pray one last prayer over us about Father making us one, even as you are one. And you can come back up, Van, if you want to for this part. That would be great. I asked Nate to play that one song. Uh, we did that at my dad's funeral. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. And then I love the chorus verses. Thank you, O my Father, for sending us your Son and leaving your Spirit with us until the work on earth is done. And I love it because it talks of the whole Trinity. So let's just uh, get in those groups, stand up, get in those groups, and just preferring each other in prayer. Maybe ask Just bless each other. Whatever you want to do, just spend a few minutes praying for each other. I don't have to give you direction.